The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend. 55. And a game this big deserves a big prize, not just the old Lombardi. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big? All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like, we'll score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing, so use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Oh, harder, baby. everyone episode 17 of stick and ring podcast your home for positivity good looking men and a whole bunch of dumb segments that are supposed to keep you entertained for about an hour usually um today uh the good looking men stayed home and it's us three so elijah raff and josh are here <laughs> once again uh beautiful mugs weird facial hair the same canada sweater as last two weeks too but <laughs> uh, i'm always i'm always happy to introduce you to the boys man i'm always fucking stoked for this josh how you doing Dude, I'm good, man. But I'm just going to tell you one thing right now. The sweater's not coming off until the fucking Canucks win a game. <laughs> oh, Dude, okay, you so. might be wearing that thing for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might be getting stanky in here, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way I like to though. Nice and musty. A little bit of- Dude, I can't wait to just snuggle you with my must when we're back to recording together. <laughs> I can't wait to walk into that basement after not having any proper air circulation for however many months. <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? I light candles. Come on. When was the last time you cracked a window, though? <laughs> yeah, just like, honestly, the, just like the last time I mixed in a water, of course. Yeah. <laughs> So like four months at least. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, we got a we got a busy episode ahead of us. Um, we've got a awesome interview. First of all, to note that we've got Scott Rintoul coming on the show later on, uh, host of the. It's called the Scott Rintoul Show on Sports and Six Video, but it goes nine to twelve Monday to Friday. Great guy, entertaining guy to talk to. Um, so we got that coming up later. We got a great goats and woats coming. And but before we get into that, Raf has a precarious question to ask the listeners as well okay. as us. This isn't really a precarious. I'm hoping this is going to be a little bit more thought provoking than it than like than it can be. But I just wanted to see this. I wanted to see if when you guys go along with your day to day lives and you take a shower, do you shower when you wake up in the morning or do you shower before going to bed? Oh, this is a no doubter. This is this is the morning every time. Morning every time. Morning. Easy. Who's really psycho that put a seed of doubt in your mind? No. So, but. 
I was talking to one of my buddies and he said that at his workplace, it was like, it was like a 50, 50 split. I said, who showers in the morning and who showers at night? Reason being is a lot of people shower at night because then they, then they clean themselves and they go to bed clean. And he finds it weird that when people shower in the morning, it's like they're going to bed dirty from the previous day's filth. Mm. Now my counter argument to this was that I said that I, when I wake up, have to shower and have to feel clean first thing in the morning. Because even if I shower before I go to bed and I wake up, I'll still feel gross and dirty. Does that kind of make sense? Josh, you have any thoughts on this before I fucking tee off? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're all in agreement here, but I think the, the one thing for me is like, he, he makes a good point, but for me, I, I do it. And this is going to sound really stupid, but I do it for, for the hair. I do it for the hair. If I go to bed with wet hair, it looks like shit in the morning and I'm going to have to rinse it anyway. So I yeah. might as well just shower and do everything then. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I've showered at night before and yes, it feels amazing to actually like clean your shit off. But like in, in terms of like washing my hair and doing everything, I don't want to do that twice in less than 12 hours. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm kind of like, I the, the one exception I add to this was that if I ever work out or anything like that, it's like I will go and shower after that. Totally. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, but then that's still like not immediately before bed. Yeah. That's the thing. If, if it's if it's one shower, everybody knows the rules, then that's the morning time every time. There's added showers are are definitely a thing. That's like just a I, bonus, but that's just the yeah. bonus in life. Yeah. Like, that's, I, if, I, if I ever sweat, if I sweat during the day and I have the option to shower, 100% of the time I will shower. But Anyone who anyone who actively chooses their one shower at the nighttime is a second class citizen, and they're also a full blown psycho. There's Why? no chance you're anything less than that. Because every part of this makes no sense. Your bedroom okay. is a dirty. It's a dirty place. It's where the dirty things happen. You're not going <laughs> going to bed clean and then doing the dirty. That's why it's called doing the dirty. They don't call it doing the clean. <laughs> <laughs> being, being clean doesn't help you sleep more but everything else in terms of the morning that's why they say fucking what is it feel good look good play good that's the morning time that's not the night time come on uh, i mean there's there's so many reasons there's i think and i i might be wrong with this or i don't want to like like do a gender split here but i know just through females in my life, a lot of them do shower at night because like they'll go to bed with wet hair and then they'll wake up and then they'll do their hair in the morning opposed to having to blow dry in the morning. Like I think they, some girls do that for, for time's sake and time saving in the morning so they can sleep in, they don't have to get up and they do the whole thing where they can condition, wash, go to bed clean. And then they just wake up and curl or straighten or just do whatever they want with their hair. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like some girls do it that way. Yeah, I feel that just for like the sake of time, right? But like, do you think think those people are a little bit stinky though in the morning? Well, it's also kind of weird, maybe, but it's also weird that like girls, like, do you guys wash your hair every day? No. Uh, It depends. If I'm putting product in it once every two days, if not once every seven days. Really? Yeah. Like when when I had my hair longer and I wasn't like putting anything into it to style it, like, I was doing it once every seven days and your hair adjusts to it too. So like after like three or four days, my hair wouldn't get greasy and it started getting greasy around like day six. You know what I mean? That's weird. See, I, dude, I wash my hair every day. It, it's not good to wash your hair every single day. Oh, fuck. Well, yeah, you're supposed to, 
I've been doing it for my whole life. So yeah, your body's probably adjusted to it, which isn't that bad. But it's just as far as like hair health goes, like I believe you're supposed to be doing it like once every like two to four days or some shit naturally. There's a lot, there's a lot of maintenance that goes into the tips, Raph. You gotta understand that. Into the tip. <laughs> hey, Josh, do you, have any, do you have any idea how um what your mom's dad's hair is like? My mom's dad. So your your grandpa on your mom's side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about him? Does he have he's got hair? Head hair? Is yeah. it bald? Yeah. yeah, he still has hair. Like how okay. much? Um, like it's like starting to thin out. Like it's white, but it's. Cool. I was like, going to say, in that case, you were dealt a good hand, and I still think you're going to fold it with the way you're practicing. My hair. <laughs> but like, but like my dad's hair, like good old Ron Gertz, like that guy's got some mighty flow. Like I've shown you yeah. guys pictures of this guy. Like he's but got you some get your flow. But you that's get your mom's dad's hair. That's why I asked about the grandpa because that's apparently what it is. It comes from yeah. your your mom's grandpa usually. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, like if I had <laughs> if I had my dad my dad's jeans, dude, I'd be bald as shit right now. Yeah. But it's like like I'm like doing three years better than he did. So there you go. My question is okay. though, my grandpa's probably been using Just for Men's for twenty years. Does that mean I'm just naturally going to gravitate towards Just for Men's? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> every every th- every choice he does, I choose too. You give you give it like five more years. <laughs> hey, so, Wait, so. Before- Sorry, go ahead. You you guys brought something up interesting. So, when you guys sleep, do you guys sweat when you sleep? Uh, <laughs> not consistently. There's some nights where I'm drenched. I am one of those people where it's like I will wrap myself up in a blanket, like super tight, and occasionally here and there I will sweat in my sleep. I guess just from like movement and like everything like that, because I'm a pretty restless sleeper. But I feel like then in that kind of situation, it's almost better to shower in the morning as opposed to the night. You know? Totally. Yeah. See, totally. I. Like for me, I'm very like seasonal. Like in the winter, like I like I don't sweat. Yeah. Um, like in my sleep, like it's just like it's what a life it must be like. Colder outside, whereas like in the summer, like dude, like I need like a sheet on me, and I'm fine. If I have anything else, then yeah, I'm like Elijah. I'm drenched. Like I'm like I can't, and I yeah. can't sleep when I'm warm. Like I cannot. Like it actually bothers the fuck out of me. Yeah. Like I, I can't. Like if you, ever, you was, should try throwing your bed sheets in the deep freeze before you go to bed. That's the <laughs> option. I I'm not kidding. I've done it. Yeah, just in wait the deep freeze. Hypothermia. Uh, I don't have a deep freeze, but in like in the freezer. Why? Wait, because then it they're hella cool cold. You can't, yeah, yeah. It's you not the move. Yeah, man. Throw on a little <laughs> me- sleep meditation. Throw on the freezer sheets on your legs, and you're good to go. Oh, yeah. Okay. My sure. problem is my goddamn thighs radiate heat through like a sauna. <laughs> Dude, I uh, yeah. in I, minus I, forty weather though, I'd love to bury my face in between Elijah's thighs. Okay. <laughs> keep me warm for a week. Okay. Careful, dude. There's a little point right where the thigh gap should be, where there's just a constant rash, nice fucking chafage going on. <laughs> How much Tiger Bomb do you go through in a year? Oh, I should go through a Costco amount. I don't use it. Though. I just, <laughs> I just tough mutter the shit out of it. <laughs> Bite the pillow, just go with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like be lemons, dude. I smoke those lemons for a home run. <laughs> you gronk spike them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, before we move into hockey talk, I, I mentioned this before we recorded. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I want to know: is this a sweet stake for a bet? Of any, I don't have a bet to give an example for, but let's just say it's a bet between two gentlemen, and the loser has to wear black lipstick out. <laughs> would that, that not be I, like out, out to like the Roxy or something like that? <laughs> Such like that one. would be fucking hilarious, wouldn't it? The only black lipstick. Can you the imagine only- Josh with black <laughs> lipstick? 
I wait, would be dying. Wait, wait, wait. Josh, that's when you gotta own the look. You gotta pierce your ears, paint your nails and, black, and go outside. And then a good asterisk to throw on it. If he somehow makes out with a girl that night, then the bet flips on the other guy for the next time. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'm into that. Hey, let me let me ask you this then, because like if I was that guy, which I'm not, and I pray to God that you and I never make this bet. Yeah. Um, do I have to reapply the lipstick as the night progresses? Yeah, I think like by the time we're in the like when we're about to go in, it has to look prime. Oh god, <laughs> dude i I don't think I don't think I could I don't think I could take that bet. Like I don't think I could. Dude, like, you might go viral. Like that might be on six oh four TV. By the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be sick. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that on so later on. But anyways, let's move into some hockey talk. We got a busy episode. We want to make sure we get to everything today. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Time to bring the fucking sad train. Choo, choo, choo. <laughs> uh, the Canucks like got smoked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bad. Uh, final score, not bad. 5-3, another empty net. I mean, not the worst. I keep I keep telling myself throughout an entire game that they're still in it. They're still in it. And Tyler Toffoli literally has a vice grip around the entire Canucks community. He's got it around Jim Benning's nuts. He's got it on... Probably my bank account, my betting account. Every time I put another 35 bucks on the Canucks tonight, buy to that, buy probably 30 cans of beefaroni. And I, I have a feeling he's got a vice grip on all of our happiness at this point, right? Dude, yeah. I, like this guy, man, I, I'm, I'm speechless with how much he has actually fucked up the Canucks. Like, yeah. It's like, insane. It's, like, it's not even fair. Like, and and it's gotten beyond the point where especially like when you when you play like we have to remember like we're not done with Montreal. Like this isn't like okay, like no. to fall to fully owned our shit in the first half of the season, like we won't have to see him until like the Stanley Cup final if we make it. Oh no, no, no. You still have to play Montreal probably another what? Five times, five, six I think, times. I think I think four times probably. Four more fucking times. Yeah. Or like four games. Dude, like that that's fucked like you can't as a Canucks team that this is in your head now it's not like a one-off where it's like okay like to fully like owned us whatever like that happens but now it's just like this is an onslaught like he is like fucking the Canucks with no spit no lube with a sandpaper finish yeah it's been bad (laughs) it's tough it has been. And, and it's hard to watch because it's like, what do you do at this point? Like, what do you do to stop this guy? And I guess like the frustrating part to this is, is like, don't get me wrong. Like Toffoli is a good player, but like the Canucks have done, I would say a decent job over the years of like neutralizing McDavid. Like he'll still light him up, yeah. but, or like Crosby or like McKinnon or, you know, just like the really strong players in the Pacific division. Yet somehow Tyler Toffoli is just like, out of nowhere he's jesus it like he's he's their dad like he's their daddy he's the mac dad of the vancouver Canucks right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's and that's what sat shaw said he said that on the air today on tv he said if i think i think his quote was uh if you if if we're gonna call chris tan of dad then we gotta call tyler Toffoli daddy at this point (laughs) i was like wow life tv okay i love that shaw yeah i was i mean it's it's incredible what he's doing. There's there's definitely that side of it. I'm actually kind of hopeful, guys. I mean, all of this stuff aside, I, we talked about this in the Rintoul interview, I think, and I kind of made a mention of it, and it's it's about the ebbs and flows of a season. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Like there's team talk to St. Louis two years ago who you would not find many people that would bet on them in any game in November that year. Like they were so bad. You wouldn't yeah. find anyone confident in them whatsoever. And like there's, yeah, try January too. Yeah. And there's got to be, we just finished football season. There's got to be a couple football teams that went on some runs like they always do, right? Mm-hmm. Like talk about Pittsburgh. How many people had Pittsburgh to do something in the NFL playoffs when they were 11 and 0? And it's the ebbs and flows of every sports season. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that. Hey, if, if the playoffs, if, if a month from now that we hadn't faced the Canadians and the playoffs started game one, I'm pretty confident. Like, I don't think any of this really translates to that kind of play style. I think really when you look at the Canadians, okay, sure. Tyler Toffoli has dominated. What if we take Tyler Toffoli out of the picture? Like not injury wise, let's just say we actually shut him down for a game. Like today, we, if we shut him down for a game, we win that game. That's yeah. not out of the realm of possibilities. Mm-hmm. And then the other games, it's at least close. And I, I, I've got a big note that the refs kind of fucked us a little bit in this game and for one moment in the last game. But I, I just really don't think it's that bad. It's not as bad as it looks with this team. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. Like, when I look at Montreal, they, they are just such a, a deep team. Like, they actually have, like, a lot of depth. And the one thing I will say is, like, do they have, like, a clear-cut, like, superstar on their roster? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, aside from Price, like, Price is a superstar, 100%. But, I mean, like, Price can only do so much. Like, yes, he can win you games, but, like, he can't get you shut out after shutout. Like, eventually, like, the offense and defense are going to have to start putting up numbers. So, when I look at their offense, like, who who is, like, the clear-cut guy? Like, when you look at... You know, I would say Calgary. You know, it, uh, you could argue it's Matthew Kachuk or like Johnny Gaudreau. You know, you look at Edmonton, it's obviously Dreisaitl and uh, McDavid. And then you've got Vancouver and it's Pedersen. It would be like Pedersen. That, that's our guy. Like Montreal doesn't seem to seem to have that guy. Like Winnipeg, it would be Shifley. And it's just like, I don't, it, it's crazy yet when you go down their line, like they just have like this team very much resembles like a Vegas team in their inaugural season. Like just That's so, just yeah. so much, like they just have second line guys through lines one through four. Like that's what they have. Like that is literally what it is. And they have yeah. size and their four check is crazy. Like, and they'll just, they'll beat you to a pulp and then their, their skilled guys will just come on the ice and they'll just outwork you because they're rested. Yeah. I would say it, I, I talked about this on the Montreal podcast with the other guys, and I said that same exact thing to them. And they did make a good point that Nick Suzuki is turning into he their is. version of, of Pedersen. Like he's Absolutely. maybe not as crafty, but he he makes up for it in other areas, and he's an immense talent. Yeah. So I guess he he'd probably be a first line player on any team at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, yeah, the other side of it is so if let's say that this team is all depth, that's what they are. They're depth, hard work, and speed. Yep. I don't trust that in a, I don't trust that being the, like, try the lightning dude, <laughs> like try depth, yeah. speed and, and hard work. How'd that work out in their, in their best season? I, there's yeah. sure. There's tons of examples that prove my point. That's not gonna, that's not gonna make it easier to understand, but, but I just, I just think there's gonna be a very clear point in this season where they level out. And I still think they're going to make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. They're not going to tank. Uh, I don't, I don't think they're going to win the North. 
I don't think they're going to finish. I think in the end of it, if we play them nine times, they've already, I think we've won one, they've won four. I think that's what it is at this point. I could easily see it finishing probably three and five or sorry, three and six, four and five. Like, I don't, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. And at that point, sure. They got the better hand of us, but come the playoffs, it's game zero, dude. It's game one. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the other thing is though, is like when you bring up, like, I, I think my only counterpoint to that though, is Montreal, when you, when you talk about depth and like how that doesn't win, I mean, fuck, I mean, Tampa Bay won it last year. And then yeah. let's not forget the Vegas team that I'm referring to is the one that went to the cup finals against Washington. Like though, like you're, I feel like Montreal right now, the way that they're playing, they're built to do that. Um, Are they a cup ready team? No, but are they, can I see them going far in the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, right now, like they seem very good. And my prediction earlier this season was if price plays well, and the offense and defense kind of play to how they were playing last year. Montreal is going to be fine. And so far, they're fine. Like, I am not worried about Montreal making the playoffs right now. Like, I feel like the one thing that has bit Montreal in probably the last couple of years is, is just injuries. Like, that's the one thing that just shoots Montreal in the foot. I mean, last year, Gallagher goes down. Uh, Weber's sometimes hurt. Price has gotten hurt in the last couple of years. Like, it's just they get bitten by the injury bug on their kind of aging superstars. And it just, the, the young guys are inexperienced and they don't know how to carry a team. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if Montreal stays healthy, and you can say that for any team, as long as you stay healthy, you're going to be fine. But I really believe that with Montreal. Like, if they start getting hurt, then I'm starting to worry about Montreal because that's when they drop. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a great point. I think there are tons of examples of past teams that suit both of those points. You're not wrong there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the part, the, another one that could really make my point blow up in my face is if the the ebbs and flows don't always happen for every team. You're right on that. Yeah, and maybe maybe the wait, what's the good one out of ebbs and flows? Is flow bad? I don't know. It's like the four. The the yeah, I don't. I don't think ebbs and flows actually means good and bad. I think it has to do with music, doesn't it? <laughs> I have no fucking clue. I'm going to go ahead and say ebbs sounds like a pretty dumb word. I'm going to say ebbs is the bad one. But if I think basically what I'm saying is maybe Miller actually doesn't have a good year the entire year. And maybe Hughes doesn't know how to defend the entire year. That could mm-hmm. happen. And that could blow up in my face pretty damn quick. But anyways, we got so we went down to we got three against the Leafs coming up, though. It's exciting to start a new series of the team again. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, what if Van- what if Vancouver is the team? Like, what if we're to Toronto that Montreal is to Vancouver, where we just smoke Toronto? Yeah. You never know until you play the games, right? And and that and that was the biggest thing. And I think I told this story on the podcast already. Was like Edmonton, and I think it was like the late '80s, early '90s would kick the shit out of Calgary with Gretzky and all that. Like they they had Calgary's number. Mm-hmm. And then Vancouver, and then sorry, not Vancouver. Calgary would then smoke Winnipeg, and then Winnipeg would smoke Edmonton, and it just goes around. Like some teams are just built different to beat other teams. Yeah. So, like that's the that's the crazy thing about this whole baseball schedule is like, what if Ottawa just kicks the shit out of Winnipeg? Like, what if that's just a thing this year? They just yeah. beat them, and but yet Ottawa still blows. Like. Yeah. 
wins come across, like, you know, a couple wins here and there, but like they sweep Winnipeg for like eight games. Totally. I could see that happening. It can easily yeah, I, happen. That's, that's my favorite part about the year is that it's going to keep fans on their feet or on yep. their toes the whole time. Yeah. Um, anyways, we got a great interview with Scott Rintel. We want to throw it over to that one right now. So thanks again for coming on, Scott. Everyone enjoy this one. Here we go. All right, everyone. This next guest is pretty much world famous. Now, I, I get goosebumps. I start sweating when, when big people are in the lobby like this with me. And... Right now, I'm pretty much at a at a six out of ten, and we've said about ten words to each other. But I'm I'm pleased to welcome in Scott Rintoul into the Stick and Ring Podcast lobby. Thanks for joining us, Scott. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. I guess that's why you got the headband on, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't have it in my eyes when we're recording. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It's a sting. Does that does that headband remind you of any game show that you might have seen in the past at any point in your life? Ooh, game show. I'm not sure I can think of a game show it reminds me. I'm trying That's, to think of like some old school NBAers. I'm thinking yeah. uh, man, I what was, can I think of the title of that Will Ferrell movie? Um, there, there you go. That's actually a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking something along the lines of starting with serve and ending with Ivor. But I mean... <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty solid. Kind of actually. Yeah, not only that, but every, every person that's ever won Survivor, every person that's ever won that show has always known how to wear the buff. So I'm just starting early. That's all. Well, guys, the last year basically has been Survivor, so I can't blame the look, man. Yeah, not kidding, man. It has been, it has been Survivor, man, and some sort of just outdoor show, all all wrapped into one giant year for all of us. Um, yeah, so so we're lucky enough to have you on, Scott. Um, we're just we're we're run of the mill people, man. We're just average guys hitting record twice a week and literally shooting the shit as as it comes up. You're a pretty established guy in this market. Like, I think you've been around. I don't know too much about your story. I did my best to research, but I know for a fact you've been around this market for a long time, and you and you've put in the hours covering a ton of teams in this Vancouver area. So, do you mind just giving the audience like a little breakdown of of where you started, where you're from, just kind of your story? Yeah, so I'm not from Vancouver, but I've been here long enough that I might as well be from Vancouver. I I came from high school. I moved. I grew up in Kamloops, and I moved down in '93. So I'm nice. way older than dirt. And uh, went, went to university straight out and just never left, right? I went to UBC, loved it down here. Probably like a lot of people who are either from here or just get here for the first time. Like, why do you want to leave? It's such a great place. And yeah. so I stayed around here. I took nothing to do with what I actually do now when I went to UBC. I'm a biochem major with a BSc. So I was like on the medical for plan. Radio. I was going to be a doctor, right? Like that was, that was the plan. And then I got, I got through my biochem degree and decided I didn't really want to work in some of the jobs that were, that were there. I'd kind of changed my mind about medicine. So I just kind of did what a lot of people do, try to figure out what you might like. And I went back to school and I took unclassified class. I took Spanish and I took accounting and I took theater and I took just whatever I wanted because I wanted to play a couple more years of football out there. And along the way, I stumbled into broadcasting, literally stumbled into it. And one of my coaches at the time who came in just as a guest coach in spring, my last year I was there, was Farhan Lalji. And he was coaching receivers, and that's what I played out at UBC. And I said to him, like, how do you do what you do? Like, the question that I get now all the time, and he always gets. And he said, well, look, everybody asked me that, but if you're serious about it, you should look at the programs at BCIT. I can get you, like, into TSN to – volunteer once a month and see what a tv set looks like when they had the old west coast broadcast studio out here but other than that you should look at bcit so i did and i applied and i got into bcit and then back in the sports page days i ended up getting a part-time 
four hour a week job at sports page. And from there, I just kind of ingrained myself into that place and got a few more hours and a few more hours. And the next thing you know, I was, I was doing some TV and I was, and they just merged with global. And so I got to go on global and I got to do sports page. And then that's when sports Pacific started up too. And Don Taylor took over that helm. Oh Love yeah. That. I remember. And it was Taylor with Murph yeah. and it was Craig McEwen. And those were the guys. And they kept expanding, so they needed somebody else. And I'd interned there when I was at BCIT. So I ended up getting that job out of Sports Page and worked there for two and a half years. It was great. Had a great time, just like at Sports Page, because those guys had all come from that program, right? Just yeah. like me. And so it was just a blast working at both of those places. I had so much fun. And then the first lockout came around. And Sportsnet at that time was the one place of the three national TV networks that decided to cut back. And they cut a reporter in each market. So the next thing you knew, I was out of a gig. And I uh, didn't really know what I was going to do. But I Fucking was, Gary you know, Bettman got you good, hey? That's pretty much what I said, yeah. Because it's <laughs> yeah. damn Gary Bettman's fault. No, I didn't yeah. think. I kind of laughed, right? Because you're young and and yeah. you're kind of – cocky's the wrong word, but you're very confident. You're like, wow, whatever. This thing will end soon and I'll just have another job again, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, So I was like, I'll be back in TV before you know it. So I, I was just – whatever working at my buddy's bar as a dj biding my time till i got back on air and the next thing you know the phone rang and it was it was 10 40 and by that point donnie and bmac were working there and they had just lost rick dollywall he'd gone over to cknw and, and he was doing their lion stuff and i'd done a ton of football and so they're like oh you gotta bring this guy on and again just being young and had no idea i come in and i'm like yeah i'll be here for like five months then i'll go back to tv and <laughs> so 15 years later i'm still working in radio so there you go that's kind oh, of yeah hey, it's it's still coming scott it's coming around the corner oh yeah yeah it's <laughs> only a matter of time i mean look at this i'm back yeah. on right now yeah there didn't i tell you dude we're live with like a hundred thousand people so yeah. here's your chance yeah. um, <laughs> i was you know what it's so funny you bring up uh that you were a dj because we were talking to james sabalski earlier today and he said to ask you that about the time when you were a DJ at the furniture warehouse? Like, what was that all about? Yeah, so that's what I just described to you. I just didn't give you the name, El Furniture <laughs> Warehouse back in the yeah, day. Yeah, baby. So a buddy of mine, he's a buddy now, but he became a buddy of Dan Murphy's. I don't know if you guys have had Dan on or not, but great guy. And not so yet. Murph and I were pretty tight from working together. And I'd been in there lots of times, like a lot of people in the lower mainland. And yeah. I went to meet Dan Wilson one of the owners there and a couple of the other owners as well. So when I found myself out of work and I was, I was getting my severance, my buddy Dan was like, look, why don't you come spin some tunes for us? Because you know, the kind of vibe we like in here and you seem to know your music pretty well. So like, what else are you going to do? And I was like, yeah, what else am I going to do? So next thing you know, I was, I was DJing at the furniture warehouse and hanging out. And, <laughs> Damn. Yeah. This is this is a side of Scott Rental I did not expect. This is kind of the same for any guy you bring on. Like, you don't know the hidden talents of people. <laughs> but I'm already thinking, like, business moves here. Like, Cameo is a big thing. But what if we take you and we're like, hey, you can Rental can guest DJ for you guys, COVID style. Do it. Yeah, like, exactly. I, do no, I, don't, I didn't have turntables or anything like that. So the expectations <laughs> would be pretty low. Like, you got to remember yeah. back in the day when literally you just had to queue up the next song. Right. So <laughs> it was literally just make sure the library was stocked and then. Make sure everybody in the in the place was having a good time. Just check out the crowd, you know. Do we got more guys in here tonight that want to hear some metal? Or do we got some more women in here tonight who want to hear a little more pop or something closer to that? Like, where are we going? So, yeah. 
so Scott, my question then is like, if yeah. you were to give me the three songs, like, let's say you got a lot of girls in the club, like they're ready to go. Like, what are the three songs that you're like, okay, I'm going to get the girls going tonight. Like, they're all going to be dancing and jamming out. Well, we got to figure out age demographics here, right? Like, that's the first thing we got to figure out, right? Because if, yeah. if you're talking like, if you're talking like 40 year old women, like we're putting on like Whitney Houston, right? Like, <laughs> or like, yeah. you know, like a virgin. And, uh, like, or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Or, give me, you know. for, give me like the group of like the 28 to 32 year olds who are like, they tell, like everyone tells themselves like, ah, I don't go out too much. I'm, I'm getting older. But then when they go out, they have a good time. Like, how are you hitting those, those groups right there? Well, see, I think there's still that throwback metal that can always work. Right. Like yeah. there's that genre of metal with like Guns N' Roses from the 80s and even like the odd like Bon Jovi. It's cheesy, but everybody knows it. And like yeah. we want to get everybody up like that's what we're doing, man. And yeah. here I go again on my own. Like that was always midnight hammer. Here I go again on my own. Everybody <laughs> crushing that. They're deep into their booze at that point. They're ordering rounds of shots and they're screaming out like they wrote the song themselves. <laughs> that's actually so sick yeah. that's sweet that's a part of the interview I, that's I, not I, a bad lineup that's actually yeah, i'd yeah. listen to that casually like right now yeah <laughs> i might do it once we're done this like yeah. just, <laughs> <laughs> just turn around dust off the old turntables put them back on the counter in front of you that's ready dope. to go yeah <laughs> what, I would, what, what i would do to see scott rintel's fucking banger playlist only on, his <laughs> yeah. on spotify yeah, oh, yeah. that up yeah, see, that was the thing. Like, if we had, if it was more of, you know, dudes rolling in there that night, then we'd be firing up some some Maiden and some Sabbath and, and getting yeah. a little harder, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially back in those days. Those were huge. Oh, yeah. Massive. Cebulski and Murph, like, those guys love that stuff. Man, yeah. I feel like you guys have a good time when you go out. That's these, sure. pl- these places that you're thinking of, were they kind of on the grungy side? Like, Just, sorry, or, where I was working? Where you were DJing, I guess, or the music that you're picking for, because it sounds like it's got like it's gonna have like a little bit of a grunge kind of feel and atmosphere to it. Well, a little bit. So here's the thing: I don't know if you guys have been in there or not. The one on Granville, but like, yeah. See, this is where we fucked up. I think we we <laughs> said furniture warehouse, and like I've been to the warehouse for food and drinks, but when it said furniture warehouse, that's what it's called, but it's a restaurant like bar. I don't yeah. know why I thought like you were at King of Florida's like spinning mad tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would also be awesome. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't <laughs> know why I didn't think about it, but. And yeah. we'll just get after it tonight, man. Underground party. <laughs> yeah. No, this makes a lot more sense, but sorry, go yeah. on. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So the thing is you guys have been, I don't know if you've all been in furniture warehouse or not, but the thing about uh, the warehouse back in the day that made it so great is that it was the only place on Granville that you could go to in like a ringer t-shirt and jeans and, okay. you know, just regular kicks and you could just walk in and it was casual and you know just stupid stuff on the walls but like back in those days on granville like you had to wear something a little bit nicer to get in not that every place was great but they just had they they thought they could have a dress code almost and this was the most casual place you could have in your life and that's why people loved it because it was low key there okay that makes sense and conveniently i think it's like what 50 paces away from the rock shop on granville too it's like right there yeah it just all made sense yeah it's a good spot yeah i like that Anyways, I, I kind of wanted to go back to your radio stuff a little bit. So, sure. And, and even though you've been been in radio for for like you said, fifteen years, and and a few stops along the way, I imagine at least the vibe that I'm getting from everyone in this industry is there's a lot of challenges on along the way. Like it's not it's not a straight path. It's not 
flat. It's not easy. So I kind of wanted to know from your memory, what, what are some of probably what's the biggest or the one that you can remember the, the biggest challenge that you've gone through in that kind of career so far, man, there's been a bunch, but, um, I mean, first of all, I had no idea what I was doing when I started, <laughs> like <laughs> no idea yeah. at all. You know, you know how to talk, but it's different doing radio. And I had so many good people there. Like I mentioned Donnie and guys like that, but I was working with Barry McDonald. I don't know if you guys remember Barry, but he was like, he's a legend. He's one of the goats in this market and one of the great mentors that I ever had. And I was working with him and honestly, I was like, well, I know sports and I like to have fun and make jokes. So this will be great. But I had yeah. no idea what I was doing. And I think the hardest thing along the way is the number of different co-hosts you end up working with and trying to carve something different out with because we're all kind of doing the same thing but you also want to be unique and and want something that is it's just different than every other show right yeah. and so some of that's going to be dictated dictated by your personality but i changed co-hosts a lot like barry had worked mornings for a long time and like guys who work mornings women who work mornings in this industry they'll tell you how hard it is man like oh yeah Everyone's like, oh, you get used to getting up early in the morning. That's getting up in the middle of the night. Like, it really is. You know, yeah. you're on the air at 536 in the morning. And if you're in, if you're in sports, right? <laughs> so you're on the air at that time. So if you're in sports, you're watching the game. If it's a West Coast game, you're watching the game till 930, 10 at night. And then you're checking the other games to see if there's any other big storyline, like Tony D'Angelo going on waivers or something, right? Like that might Yeah, happen. something big out of nowhere. You got to be yeah. up on that and you got to figure out what audio you might want to play with that sort of thing. So it's like a weird split shift. Like you're sleeping five and a half, six hours a night, maybe. And, and then you're up in the, in the morning. Um, so there's that aspect of it. And then, so Barry had worked that for a long time. And so he wanted, to, he just wanted a better lifestyle. So he kind of moved to middays. And then I did a year with Ferraro, which was awesome. But Ray, was, Ray was doing TV too. Yeah. And like, we're still really good friends to this day, but he was doing TV. So he's traveling to do games He's doing the show from his hotel room half the time and we're trying to figure out where he's going to be. He's trying to figure out where he's going to be. So that was a pretty tough year on him because he's doing double duty. It was tough year on me because I'm back at mission control while he's like, now we all work in our homes or in a hotel room, but like we yeah. didn't then, man. Like, yeah, it wasn't optimal. That's for the sure. Technology wasn't quite as good as it is right now. No, just, you know, and then we changed to um, a show that a lot of people still love to reference, which was, well, they called it Scotty and Company. It was me, Paul Chapman, and Botch. Oh, hell yeah. Rest in peace, Jason Botchford, uh, yeah. uh, my friend, and I'm sure a guy that you guys listened to and, and read all of the Pravis and, and the Athletes and everything that he did. But, yeah, so we launched that. And so that was a completely different animal because Botch would be there for two hours after Chappie had been there for two hours. And we had DeBru Paul DeBron, who was our producer, who was just one of the funniest guys I've ever met and, like, would say the stupid most offside stuff at times, but it was almost brilliant. I, it was weird. But anyway, so all of these different iterations of trying to do a morning show, that was probably the biggest challenge. And then I moved to nighttime. So every single transition within the business comes with its challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Nice. What was, uh, you, you mentioned Ray Ferraro. What was it like working with him? Like, I feel like he is just, a legend like i like world junior time just tsn like he i love him like every side of him he's amazing so what was it like working with him it was awesome it was awesome and i would work with ray again in a heartbeat and anybody oh, who's yeah. working with him i think would tell you the same thing 
because yeah. Ray is just like one of you guys. He's just like me. He just loves sports and he's really a fan and obviously has a super high degree of expertise. But the thing that makes Ray so brilliant in my mind is that he knows all of the super technical stuff and he sees things that happen so quickly and he can analyze a play, but he can do it in terms that everybody can understand. Yeah. A, lo- a lot of these ex-players, like, they're, they're great in TV, but when it comes to talking to the average fan about hockey, because they're ex-players, they have such a, a thorough knowledge of the sport. Ray, Ray's great at that. Yeah. He speaks like, to average fans. That's right. Like, he could speak above any of our heads if he wanted to, but he doesn't, and he makes it so relatable. Yeah. And he has great analogies, but he's also just a fan. Like the first time I met Ray, actually, we weren't working together yet, but I, I told you I was in TV at sports and I'd been sent to Edmonton to cover some CFL stuff. And I was at the Oilers game that night and Ray was doing the color for the Oilers at that point. And yeah. so I was at the game that night and I met him and we we're staying at the same hotel. So we were all going to get together afterwards for a beer. And it was game seven of the ALCS Red Sox and Yankees. And Ray is, I guess it was, might've been the ALDS actually. And was this 04? No, this is before that. So this is not, it's, this is 01. Okay. No, 02. I, no, sorry. It must've been 03. I guess it's 03. 03. It's the year that Aaron Boone hit the walk-off. Oh, oh, baby. Game seven. I also remember that one. <laughs> so, so Ray's a huge Red Sox fan. Okay, I can see it. I can see it back there. I'm, I'm a Jays fan, so like I'm just blacking that out on my screen right now. Um, but, but Ray's a huge Red Sox fan. I didn't know this about him, really. I just met the guy. And so we walk into this little pub across the street from our hotel. As we walk in, and he's so excited. He's like, it went to extra innings. This is great. And oh, boom, no. hits this walk-off shot. And like his heart just sank, but it was also the moment you knew that he was just like the rest of us. He's just a fan. Yeah, he loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I bet. Sick. I bet a year later, though, he was just jumping for joy when the Red Sox came back from three zero, and then oh, yeah. ended up in the World Series. For sure, he was. For That's sure. But, but like, part of the other thing I love about Ray is that as easy as some of the stuff comes to him, he is such a hard worker. Like he will yeah. never cheat you, man. Like. That guy does his prep. He does his work. And one of the reasons we worked well together is that we both put as much stuff, we both put as much in. And he Mm -hmm. really respects that because of the background he comes from and how hard he worked to be in the league as long as he was and score as many times as he did and be a smaller guy in the game and to go to the areas he went to. Like that's part of the reason that he is so good at what he does is he works his ass off too. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty average player in the NHL. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most it's guys right. four hundred eight, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it, it's pretty. It's it's sweet to have another athlete in this podcast because clearly we're all just in the prime of our lives too, athletically. Um, no question. I want to. Yeah, I want to know. Do you? Um. Did you? You definitely play football. Were you a hockey guy as well, or any other sports? I played a ton of sports growing up. Hockey was the one that I didn't play more than one year when I was a kid. Um, my parents divorced early. My mom couldn't afford it. And yeah, she also worked shift work at a hospital. My mom was a nurse when, when we were growing up and later worked her way into hospital administration. But we couldn't afford it. And she couldn't get us to all the ice times and practices. So, unfortunately, I was confined. To, like, I played one year of organized hockey when I was six. And then, other than that, road hockey pretty much every day growing up when I didn't have to oh, yeah. practice for something else and watched as much as I could. But yeah, I played basketball. I played 
some baseball. I played soccer. I played whatever I could get my hands on growing up. Okay, mm-hmm. sweet. So maybe I'll ask this question about the football then, because one of my favorite things is to get kind of get a get a hand of of what the personalities are like as athletes. So I kind of want to know what what kind of football player were you like? Like describe your were you an edgy guy? I want some of the intangibles. That's what I want. Oh, so I look, man. I'm five seven. Like it's all <laughs> intangibles. Like, Damn, dude. He's there's Scotty nothing Miller. else. Scotty. There's nothing else. Yeah. Were you the kicker or what? Were you just I was the receiver, dude? Player. I was not the kicker. So I actually was a quarterback growing up, and that's what I played through high school. And then when I got to, I wanted to go on, even though my body and every dimension about me tells me there's no chance I should do that. Um, so I saw the size of the quarterbacks that they had at university, and I was like, that's not going to work. So I, I made the move to receiver, and I ended up making it as a walk on after a couple of years of university. Nice, there you go. Nice. Yeah. So nice. you, yeah, you walk in on you, you come in on as a walk on under that UBC. I'm not immersed in the in the football culture, but I, I can understand a guy, a short guy walking on trying out for receiver at a big school like UBC. Like, yeah, that a little bit of edge in you, right? A little bit of edge in your personality. Yeah, a little bit of edge in my personality. That's for sure. I mean, I'm obviously I'm not the biggest guy. I can't I can't smack people around out there. But I mean, if you're gonna be five seven, a buck sixty playing. Football <laughs> level, you better yeah. know how to get up when you get hit. So I had a little edge to me. Okay, Heck yeah, dude. That's who was uh, who was the team to beat in the? In the I guess it, is it the CFB college football? So now it's they U, call it U sports. sports. Yeah, yeah. sports. Yeah. Back in those days, it like went from CIAU to CIS. But yeah, it's just university football in Canada. So we're all talking the same language here. Yeah. yeah. UBC was really good. Saskatchewan was really good in Calgary. Those were kind of the three teams in the really? West that sort of rotated between who was the best that year. And they two of those teams would generally play for the Western Championship, which is the Hardy Cup. Right. Nice. Right. So I mean, you know what? So Pardon me? The Dinos are still pretty good today. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. So the Dinos have been really good for like 10, 12 years. You've yeah. seen a championship in the last decade. Saskatchewan always kind of goes in waves. Manitoba got better. It's yeah. kind of gone around a bit. Yeah. Love that. <clears throat> Elijah, what else do we have? Yeah. Well, I was ready for you to go there, but all right. Fair. <laughs> I got you, man. Um, okay. So th- this kind of football, actually, I wanted to ask you, uh, emerging in the NFL right now, uh, we got a Canadian receiver, Chase Claypool. I imagine on your show, I'm hoping you've had a chance to talk to him. I have or at not, least at some point, maybe not on the show. Yet. He's a tough man to get from the Steelers yeah. because he blew up so fast, man. But I'll tell you, we talk about him a lot. What a yeah. year. Like, he went up and he tore up the combine last year. And, like, you always see those fast risers at the combine. Like, that guy who comes in. Like, DK Metcalf is one of those guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like, DK Metcalf goes in and he's this monster and he's flexing for everybody. And he's <laughs> throwing off the abs. And then he's running this insane time. And you're like, man, that guy's crazy. And he, he bolts up the board. And Claypool went and kind of did the same thing. Like he is mm-hmm. the highest drafted receiver since the late nineties. That's Canadian. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that's legit for him to go second round. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, when, when's the last time, and I know the answer is never, but when's the last time <laughs> you had a Canadian player on your fantasy football team that you were starting every week? Yeah. Never. Yeah, true. Never. Maybe maybe a defense. That's it. <laughs> and, and that guy was starting for a lot of fantasy teams this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he will next year as well. Like he looks like he could blow it up. And there's more guys coming, which is super cool. Yeah. yeah. We like we had a couple of close friends follow him a lot throughout his Notre Dame career. And the 
the crazy thing for me to realize, because I've just been a hockey fan my whole life. I didn't really understand how, how being a prospect works for the NFL and just going through the college system. But to see him go from like, okay, maybe he'll make the NFL one day to his his last year kind of going from at the beginning of the year, people were telling me he's like a fifth, sixth round pick. And by the end, he's he's like, oh, was he, was he high second or low second? I don't, either way, he's uh, a second round pick. 49th, 49th overall. Yeah, second round pick in the NFL like that. And then to have the start you have, it it's just constantly exceeding expectations. And that's the surprising part is you never see that with these Canadian guys, but he's definitely for changing sure. the game. For sure. Well, he goes 49th overall, and that's a super high pick for a receiver anyway. Right. And it's in a really good receiver class last year as well. Like that's one of the best receiver classes they've ever seen coming out of college football. So he goes there, but he also goes to Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh. If you know anything about their track record, like they develop receivers like nobody else. And so for him to go there worked really well. And I thought, and probably a lot of other people thought going in, well, man, he's going to be behind Juju and they got James Washington and they, you know, they got Deontay Jones. They got so many guys It'll be nice to see Claypool get in some packages, but they recognized it right away in training camp and give him so much credit for making that impression in an organization that looked like it was stocked at that position. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing as well that people forget is that was Pittsburgh's first pick in the draft because they had traded it. Like they didn't have a first round pick. So, I mean, there was obviously a lot of faith uh, in Claypool there. So I guess while we're on the topic of NFL, do you have a Super Bowl pick? Like who do you got? You got Brady or you got Mahomes? Give me Mahomes, man. Give See, there you go. You and Sabalski, the same breed. You're just like me. There's no <laughs> chance old man grandpa wins his game. There's just <laughs> like, it's not possible. Seeing what Mahomes does, it's The impossible. only way, the, well, I'm not going to say the only way, but a way that, that old man grandpa gets another one, if he gets number seven, it's because those tackles are hurt for Kansas City. And yeah, if you can true. get pressure on anybody, it's, it's a tough life. Like people forget Forget the final score for a second. Like 50 minutes that game last year, San Francisco was in front. Yeah. And they did, they did it largely by rushing four guys. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Tampa Bay's got a legit D-line. I don't think their next two levels are as good as what San Francisco had last year. Yeah. But it, it's still on, on days that it gets after it. Like it's, it's an aggressive secondary, which means you can torture them at times too. Like Tyreek Hill ate them up a few weeks ago. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, two hundred yards receiving after the first quarter, and, three <laughs> and they're they're not going to play him without safety help this time around. So, like, there's a pathway to victory for Tampa Bay. But if I'm a bet man, I'm taking Kansas City because, like, you can have them down like San Francisco did last year, fifty minutes, and then you can lose by multiple scores because they can score so quickly. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the crazy good. part. I I would this this Super Bowl. It could shape up to be one of the best of all time if we somehow get to the fourth quarter in like a three-point game and it's a shootout with Brady and Mahomes going at it because those guys are both ice in the veins fourth quarter. So, I, yeah, I got to take Mahomes even on the spread, maybe by 12. I don't know, but we'll see. It's going to be a big one. Um, okay. I wanted to I wanted to talk some Canucks, guys. That's what I wanted yeah. to get into a little bit. I mean, yeah. so this released on Thursday. We are recording on Monday night. It was a horror show. <laughs> thank you thank you to John and John for taking me through two and a half hours of absolute slasher film. But, hey, at least Defoley only scored once, right? We're, we're making progress, aren't we, boys? Spread the wealth. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, Scott, maybe let's hear an early season take on this team, and, and especially after this game. We, we were talking to Seaball earlier, and he was saying how 
you know, it, and, and this is everyone's sentiment. It's hard to judge this team on 12 games, and it really is. And this is going to make it even harder, but kind of take me through where you see this team going this year. Okay, so it's hard to judge them through 12 games and realize we're almost a quarter of the way through the season. Yeah, right? it's true. So it, you can't wait that long to judge them. They're kind of where I thought they were going to be. They're, they haven't gotten there the way I thought they would. I wouldn't think they would give up this many goals, especially like the way they have just, you talk slasher, like, man, they play Montreal. It's 23 goals against in four games. Yeah. That is crazy. We're playing yeah. beer league out here. That's like, what <laughs> like the science background guy, me, like the math guy was like, can you just score one more in this game so that it's 24 goals in 12 regulation periods. So the math's nice and easy for everybody yeah. like two <laughs> goals per period, like just that sort of twisted side of it. But man, it's been off and the turnovers have been crazy. And then they play a game like they did against Winnipeg the other night. And you're like, okay, that's a team they can beat. But they're in this bubble spot of the division. Right? Mm -hmm. Montreal and Toronto are good. Like they're legit good. And unless they get crushed with injury or they end up, knock on wood that they don't because we don't want to happen to anybody. They get COVID protocols that mm -hmm. take a round out of their team. Like those two teams are getting in the playoffs, which means there's a couple of spots left. The one team to me that I think there's some – some disagreement on his Calgary. I think Calgary's pretty good. I think Calgary's pretty deep. I don't think they're as good right now as Montreal or Toronto, but I think they're deeper than the next three teams. And those three yeah. teams are Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Vancouver. And their strengths and weaknesses, but they're all kind of comprised the same way. Like we can disagree about who has the better goalie or who has the better blue line, but they're all top heavy up front. And the strength of their team should be that that top-end talent takes them over and then they rely on some of their depth along the rest of the way. Like, I can easily make a case Vancouver's the best blue line out of those three teams. But I can also easily make a case that that Edmonton is the best top-end talent and Winnipeg is the best goaltending. So that's why the win over Winnipeg the other day was so big because I think if the Canucks are going to make the playoffs, they're going to have to be – better than Winnipeg and Edmonton in those head-to-head -head games and do then do about the same with everybody else, right? They're going to have to not get smoked by Montreal and Toronto. You're going to have to get your games here and there, but they're going to win a lot. And when you play Ottawa, dude, you better clean up some points, <laughs> which we did last week, yeah. just to make sure that you balance the account for when you play those top teams. But that's kind of where I see them now, and that's kind of where I think they're going to be most of the way, scrapping with Winnipeg, Edmonton, and maybe Calgary to get in. Nice. Um, my next question is, so in terms of like a player that surprised you, like who's had a really good bounce back and Brock Besser's too easy. Uh, bounce <laughs> yeah, so back you don't choose that one. Yeah, so you can't <laughs> choose that one because uh, that's the obvious one. Give me another player that you've been impressed with this year uh, who didn't really have a good year last year, but has come out pretty well for the Canucks this year. So that eliminates Hoaglander because he's been awesome, but we'd have no nothing to base it on. So the guy would, to me, would be Brandon Sutter. Yes, thank yeah. you for Brandon getting some Sutter's off to a really good start, and nobody mm -hmm. wants to talk about it because they don't like the contract and and they want to stick to that narrative. But I think everybody in this market, as much as they don't like the contract, they admit Brandon Sutter's a pretty good hockey player. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is he worth what they signed him to? No, but that's not his fault. Yeah. But he's off to a nice start to this season. He's given them some nice secondary score. I know it's been beefed up by that hat trick in, in mm -hmm. the first win over Ottawa, but Sutter's off to a pretty decent start this year. That's the guy I would say. Okay. Yeah. And that that's the struggles as as sports fans is that you, you can't – it's a really hard thing to do, but you really shouldn't 
handcuff players to their contracts. It's not, it's no one's fault how much money you sign for. And, and I, I honestly don't think all the contracts within the Canucks, there might be a couple bad ones, but we saw in this, these, this last playoff run in the bubble, those were some instrumental pieces. And I, I if we go on an, another couple of playoff runs, I think they're going to be key players. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the, the concern and it, it's valid was always that it was too long. It wasn't yeah. that it was 3 million bucks when they signed yeah. Beagle and Roussel. It was that they signed four-year contracts. Mm, and yeah. that they were going to get into a bit of a bind like they got into this year and that it might hurt them moving forward. That was always the concern with those contracts, less about the 3 million bucks. It was more about the term on those players with the age they were at when they signed them. Yeah. So we'll see. I, mean, I guess the other guy would say, you know who's had a bounce back, even though he hasn't played every game? Jordy Ben. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Love that. Jordy Ben and looks good, man. Not only that, a feel-good story too, right? We For all, sure. We yeah. all heard, you all heard about how excited he was to come to the Canucks too. No question. And everybody thought it was going to work better than it did last year, and he just didn't have a good year. And, you know, coming in, everyone, ah, he plays better on his right side, but coaches like and I'm not criticizing Green on this. Most coaches, they want to have a guy on his dominant side. Mm-hmm. Jordy Ben just looks like he plays better on the right side. Yeah, that's and just the way it's going to be. He's looked better over there this year. And it's funny because last year he came in with the expectation of stabilizing that third pairing. And it never really worked out. And he got displaced by Fantenberg. And this year, it's almost like he was an afterthought. And all of a sudden, he gets in the lineup and people are like, huh, Jordy Ben's pretty good. He's working yeah. out all right. He's making some cheeky little plays out there, you know, a little Quinn Hughes in him here and there. For sure. I, like that. <laughs> uh, I do want to pitch something to you because when you were, when you were going over your kind of Canucks season breakdown and where you see them, this yeah. is one thing that I think is, is especially being at the quarter mark, it seems so substantial, but at the same time, after coming off a of football season where their schedule is very, very hard to see trends. And this is the same for all sports is there's always stages in a, in a sports season, right? Like for the Canucks last year, Wow, what a start throughout all the way to December. And then, you, and then you hit some bumps, right? Now, it's a condensed schedule. It's a short season, all that stuff. But I can't help but think, guys, teams like Montreal and teams like Vancouver might have the adverse effect at some point. And maybe maybe Montreal falters at the same time Vancouver excels. I, I just think throughout this entire North Division, we have yet to see that happen because everyone's kind of getting their first impressions out of the way right now. Do you kind of see a path yeah. for that happening? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I mean, like Calgary lost three straight last week. And Vancouver was coming off having lost five and six games. So, I mean, that's the NHL today. You're either on a winning streak, you're on a losing streak somehow, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, And that's been that way for a long time. I just see Montreal and Toronto as deeper. And so while they might have a lull, it just doesn't feel like it's going to last as long as maybe some others or that they might not have as many of those lulls. I mean, like your point – could very easily play out. But the thing you also have yeah. to remember with Vancouver, as well as things went in the playoffs, they showed that they were one of those teams last year that was like, look, man, we're going to be touch and go to get in. But if we get in, we could be trouble for somebody. And they're, yeah. they're kind of built that way again. Like Toronto's never had a problem getting in, but they have a problem when they get there. Yeah, And, and that's the other part of the NHL with where we're at today. You have to be this hybrid team that has – enough of a regular season style that you can excel in that format. But then when time and space close up, you have to be able to switch and you have to have enough guys who can do that on your roster. And Vancouver might have more guys that can do that than, than excel all the time in regular season. Yeah. It's a very good point. 
And I, I love with my, with my little hypothetical, that that's what I'm a pro at. I'm a pro at giving you like just a, a very generic situation that has a positive spin on it. And it, it just, it leaves you no option, but hopefully agree with me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a fan of stats and there's no stats to disagree with it yet. So it's a, it's a good way to go for me. Exactly. Just speculation, man. You're all about yeah. speculation. Hell yeah. It's the way to get through life, man. All right. Uh, that's all the time we got, Scott, man. I, we appreciate you coming on, yeah. uh, spending some time with us. Um, hopefully we see you out on the football field one day. That'd be sweet. Some flag football with Rintoul. Do you think, go. maybe give us a nice video clip here. Do you think Josh has any chance of covering you? What are we playing? Are we playing man up or are we playing? I don't know. Oh, like, how big is Josh? Up. I can't know when he's yeah. sitting down. I, Josh he's is like 6'1", like, like Josh, maybe 170. Josh, the thing I have going for me <laughs> is I played, I played two years of high school football and I played, and I played safety. That's it. Okay. I'm, I'm six feet. Okay. So he's a safety. So he's not covering me straight up. Like he's going to come across, knock my block off. That's what Josh is looking for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to chop block you in your legs. To make sure I like you it. Uh, yeah. Dude, I'm 5'7". I lived in the chop. I lived on the chop block in my day, man. <laughs> Josh got his knee blown out by a chop block one time. That's the big oh, yeah, story dude. that I know. That's no there good. Go. No, no bueno. So just, so just go for the right knee is all I'm telling you. Sounds good. <laughs> Got a history. Well, boys, I, I look forward to better days, whether it's flag football or uh, or maybe a, a wobbly pop at the warehouse one day. We can do that. We yeah, go. that would be Done. sweet with there some good go. music. Thanks For a lot, sure. Scott. We appreciate All it. Right. Thanks, Scott. No problem, guys. And now, the starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast. Tom Franklin and the man called Wags. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes. I am one half of your Blue Notes team, Tom Franklin, joined by my teammates, the man called Wags. And we are your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. And that includes expert analysis, whether it's at Enterprise Center. When you're fighting for spots for the playoffs, one or two points could make the difference. And we'll be looking back at games like tonight here at Enterprise Center as lost opportunities. Or at home. Penalties, that was a big, big piece. You know, you're wearing down some of your best players because they're out on the, the ice for so many penalty kill opportunities. Just a complete breakdown. Blues first round pick, Jake Neighbors. Braden Chan texted me, and then uh, the head coach, Craig Berube, reached out as well, and um, Ryan O'Reilly as well. And then um, the next day on day two of the draft, uh, Tarasenko FaceTimed me. So uh, that was pretty cool. So. <laughs> and we're the only hockey podcast in the Hockey Podcast Network to have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent. The Hawaii Blues fan, Guy Bensing. In true Dan Kelly fashion, Dan Kelly says, F you, Keaton. I know who's the starting pitcher for game four of the World Series. You damn well know who the starting goalie is for game four of the NHL season. And then walked away. And we have a musician, too. Not only is he responsible for this fat beat you're listening to right now, but he has also performed absolute works of art. And it seems to me... You played the game with a candle to your rear Never wanting to leave the eyes when the pain set in So check out Blue Notes wherever you get your podcasts from. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump, 
listen to Blue Notes, and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. All right, everyone. We hope you enjoyed that one with Scotty Rintoul. Uh, Mr. Hands, Mr. Wants to Take on Josh in the one-on-one football. We got a little summertime matchup there, Josh, you think? Yeah, I, but also, <laughs> like, I think this guy was uh, cool before Calvin Harris was, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. That's a good one. Dude, he was, he was Tiesto before Tiesto was cool, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> all right, he was he was vibing dude yeah exactly uh yeah thanks again to scott rental for coming on we enjoyed that one a lot and also thanks to tom franklin and wags over the blue notes for giving us giving a little slot in our show here to shout out our fans as well there you go uh so yeah show them some love if you ever get the chance they're good guys over there um either way we've, we've got a good amount of hockey talk in this episode already we wanted to do probably one of the best goats and moats ever hopefully we're, we're gonna jump into it now we're gonna piss off a lot of dog owners. That's one yeah. thing I'm realizing right now. <laughs> and, and I wouldn't have it any other way. And for the record, I'm a cat guy. So like, <laughs> all my answers are irrelevant just from me saying that. So don't take it personally. I like dogs. I just like other people's dogs. <laughs> Josh, it's funny that you bring that up because I think I'm slowly starting to transition over the older I get from being a dog guy to a cat guy. 100% dude. Because so, yeah. Yeah, I think if I, like, if I move out on my own, I think I'm going to have a cat over a dog. Fuck yeah, yeah but, dude. Let's go. Rap, you know why? You know why you, you have that? Because you don't need constant energy in your house. You just need an absolute no. roommate that occasionally wants to hang out. That's a hundred percent. That's all I need. You know how I am as a person. A cat would fit perfectly in my lifestyle. Dude, dude if it you're would. gaming and a cat's just like on your leg and you're just playing video games, that's all you need. If a dog's like breathing in your face and like running around, walking around the room as you're trying to play Call of Duty, I feel like that would stress you out. Yeah, hundred percent it stressed me out. <laughs> Uh, that's gave me so much joy hearing you say that so but just can you just clarify really quick is is that statement just mostly you becoming less of a dog person or is there actually like part of you actively becoming a cat person there's part of me actively becoming a cat person i i love my dog i think my dog's dope but i'm just like slowly starting to warm up to the idea more and more of having a cat there you go you want to talk to megan for a little bit have a beer yeah sure absolutely (laughs) oh i can't go until march dry february sorry buddy Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, have an Earl Grey with the lady? Yeah, there you go. Some Maybe good old fashioned tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah some, definitely. I can do it. Have some Heineken 0.0. <laughs> no, not going to do that. Not going to drink the Heineken double Z. I like, like, even though it's alcohol free beer, it sucks. Yeah. It does yeah. not taste like nearly as good or anything like, like that. Did you, like going, did you see their commercial? No. No. They have, they have a commercial out where like a cop pulls them over and he like pulls out these drinking a Heineken 0.0. It's like, that's the worst ad ever. Dude. Yeah, Don't that do that. Sucks. Don't do that. Why would you do that? Yeah, that's a fucking Nelk Boys thing, dude. Don't put a Nelk Boys thing in a commercial. Yeah. Did I already say that it's dog breeds or did I just tease it and then not say it? No, I think he said it was dog breeds. I don't know. Okay, okay yeah, so well, dog, dog breeds. This is a good one. Yeah. I've been wanting to do this one for a while. Yeah. Uh, who's kicking off? Uh, e. Legend never say, starts. Do you say me or E? E, you start. Oh, you never gotcha. start. Down. I'm down with it. We're going goat. Yeah, we go goats first. Perfect. <laughs> See, he never All says. Right. He doesn't even fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do again? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't watch the movie. I didn't know what to do today. Footballs. Footballs. Wiffle balls. That was a fun one. That was a good one. Yeah, balls. 
We don't know what episode it is if you want to listen to us talk about balls, but it's out there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, first overall pick in the Dog Breeds Goats and Wotes goes to Corgis. I fucking love the way Corgis look, oh, man. Oh, <laughs> the little, the, the short little tiny legs and the big old tushy and then that dumbass face. Dude, I love <laughs> that dog. They got, like, no, they got no clearance when they're walking over curbs or anything like that. Their belly just scrapes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like wor- kind of the worst dog if you're like an outdoor person whatsoever, but that's yeah. all right. Stairs are a little too steep. Got to pick it up. Carry it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my next? next. Yeah, let's go, Raph. Yeah. Cool. Uh this is a dog that I was really recently described as having a similar personality to, and I'm super okay with it. Uh a Bernese mountain dog. Really? Yeah. <laughs> the same personality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a huge dog, isn't it? Uh it's not too big. It's like it's like a relative relatively like big size. It's like German Shepherd kind of size type thing. Okay. I think they're yeah. bigger than German Shepherds. I think like German Shepherds and Golden no. Retrievers are like the average or small side of large. And then Bernie's mountain dogs are like they're, no. they're like just below the Malamutes of the of the world. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, well, it's like what? it's like a decently sized, dog, a decently big dog, but it's nothing like insanely massive. Yeah, it's not. It definitely, like, it's it not, definitely fits into the viral. large dog category. Yeah, it's not viral yeah. massive by any means, but whatever. Whoever told you this is basically calling you large, and you need to fucking yell at them. No, 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 no. Look okay. up, look up this dog because I don't think we're thinking of the same yeah. thing. No, I did. Yeah. I did. Okay, all right. I love them, by the way. They're dope. They're so, so fucking fun. Okay, such happy dogs all the time. Yeah. Um, my first goat. Uh, it was a German Shepherd. Oh, yeah. baby! This is are we going World War II with this one? No, no, no. <laughs> I just, I, I just really like them. I think they're actually like beautiful dogs, and I like small dogs, but like a German Shepherd's pretty fucking sick. Like, I think they're just like a badass dog. They're, like, yeah. they'll fuck someone up. We've got a couple. Uh, we probably got a couple of policemen listeners who got a raging boner when you said that. They're like, "Yeah, I love my canine unit, <laughs> dude." That's that's kind of where the love came from, too. Actually, like I know for a fact that, uh, like Vancouver police, like they'll actually buy German shepherds, like purebred German shepherds from Germany, like oh, they wow. get like fucking blood, dude. Like they're oh, German. Fuck, <laughs> it's sick. That's like ordering like a cold blooded killer from Israeli. Like, what's the what's the army down there? The commandos. Israeli. No, it, uh, there's a. I forget what it is. The Mossad. I think it's the Mossad, right? I used <laughs> to watch a lot of NCIS. They had a lot of Mossad going on. <laughs> that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, that's anyways, my, one of the, about the German shepherds. You guys know the way they walk. Like they always walk so suspiciously. Hmm. Yeah. Like back way, legs are always so low, like ready to fucking pounce on something. It scares yeah. the shit out of me. <laughs> I agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go super Homer with this one. I'm not going to say my own dog, but Keyshawn's the breed of dogs that I had growing up. Uh, shout out Smokey up in doggy heaven. Literally <laughs> probably got bitches on his arm. He was such a player. Wait, you, but, have, a, wait, you have a dead dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a dead dog too. And we might have his ashes somewhere, but I'm never telling you that. (laughs) I'll never disclose that information. (laughs) But the the fucked up part, Josh, is that everyone that I know that has doggy ashes, it literally looks like this. Like, it's the size of a golf ball. Or even Dusty's a cat. Like, it's the size of a golf ball. Like, Smokey's urn was like, it was almost a human-sized urn. 
Like, you're not Gronk spiking a fucking actual bird. Dude, yeah, I am. I'm going to drop off a building. <laughs> oh, but no, if, if this one I wanted to shout it out because I don't think a lot of people have heard of this dog breed, but it's actually, they're so dope. Raffle knew the dog growing up a little bit too. Yeah. He was a gem. Such a fucking sick dog. All right. Uh, my next one is a Shiba Inu. What the fuck? Mm. That's like the... Yeah. The what's it called? Yeah, so like first off, like super fun, super awesome dogs. But that's also what Doge is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's Doge, Doge is a Shiba Inu. Yeah, yeah. Super <laughs> fun, like really playful dogs, really enjoyable. Can't can't go wrong with them. But they're they're fun guys. Okay. Can I can I interject with a thought? Have you guys ever thought about this? That like whatever you know how sometimes you picture dogs with voices. Yeah. So, I guess kind of a racist thought, but like whenever whatever dog the family's owned to, like, do you picture the dog with their accent? No. No, not at all. That's kind of racist of you guys. Why? Why can't dogs have accents? No, the dog they, can have whatever accent it wants to have, dude. No, they do. They, they have do. accents, but I feel like it, it does not match with the family. <laughs> well, what is it? Do you think it matches with the dog breed? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. So like because a Shiba Inu is a Japanese hunting dog, it's like like I could own a I could own a Shiba Inu, but it's like full whatever a Japanese name is. Yeah. Is Mor- yeah. Morimoto a Japanese name? Like, probably. But, but like, if you have like, if you have like a Scottish terrier, like yeah. that thing is going to be like a strong <laughs> Scotsman. Like I feel yeah. like old Scots. I've never know. thought about it like that, but that's actually awesome. Yeah. Like a, ger- like a German shepherd dude. Like that's like an angry German police officer yelling at you. Okay. All German shepherds basically have SS accents, is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Moving on. This is getting a little out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Moving on. Accent time. Uh, <laughs> is it my pick next? It is right. Yeah. Fuck. Last pick already. Oh wait. No. no it's it's Josh's Raph. pick. It's Raph's. No, I said Shiba Inu. You nutsack. It's your turn, Josh. Oh. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, okay, so my well, it's already been said, but the corgis, man, corgis. Well, what do you pick? Another one, then. Yeah, pick a new one. Fine. Uh, I like Yorkies. Yorkies are kind of kind of adorable, but like, yeah, ma- but, like cute. Ma- but like male Yorkies. Like my yeah. neighbor had a male Yorkie. His name was Vinny. He was a sick dog, just like a little yappy little bastard that shit on my dad's lawn. My dad hated it. It was pretty funny. <laughs> he hated it, but he loved it at the exact he same did, time. He did, 100%. Yeah. yeah. But like my, actually, you know, what? I'll tell the dog stories after because my dad does not like dogs. At least he claims he doesn't like dogs. Yeah. <laughs> it's good that you're still holding out to think he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I've got, I was hoping you guys would actually take a couple of my goats because I wanted to, I wanted them all to get shouted out, but that's all right. I will choose for my last one, Aussie Shepherds. I'm surprised they're still up there. They're yeah, like, when I picture dog, that's just exactly what I picture, dude. Long snout dogs over short snout dogs all the time. A uh, little shaggy, like energetic, athletic as fuck. Aussie accent, like Josh said, shrimp on the Barbie kind of guy. Uh, I dig it. That's just, and the, Color patterns too. They're they're pretty money. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Ralph, what do you got? Uh, mine's kind of similar to an Australian Shepherd. Okay. Scared. A, a Sheltie. Nice. Shelties are fun ones. Shout out Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey's talking about Shelties. They're dogs? dope. Yeah. yeah. It's they're just like very... a little like little like ball of fur, just well like a medium sized ball of fur just running at you and following you around everywhere. It's so great. <laughs> they're very, so fun to have around. They're very majestic looking dogs. At least Kelsey. Yeah. 
Like she's yeah. posted some pics on Instagram. Like, wow, I'm like those are actually beautiful dogs. Yeah, super well, playful my, too. Like always happy. My question is, what do you think a Sheltie looks like if you not not if you buzzed it, but if you gave it like <laughs> like a like a haircut? Like you didn't give it some length if you took its length away. You know? Do you think it looks Sheltie with no ugly? fur? No. I don't know. I just, I just looked up. A, I just looked up. Well, it's not like furless, but like even like with short fur, like they look. Oh yeah, okay pretty, they even. I kind of like them better, to be honest. So, my it looks like a Shibino. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second! I love these dogs. <laughs> Josh, hey, gonna, oh sorry, my last one. Oh, go ahead. My last one. Uh, one of the funniest looking dogs ever, and I would actually like. They're so adorable. Or pugs. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I love pugs. Pugs are just like, I don't know, just they're shoved, they're shoved in face and they just, <laughs> they growl and shit. They're just like, they just snore like, all the time. They snore like they're just so <laughs> funny. Like, have you guys ever seen the movie Kingsman? Yeah. Oh, you know, oh like, yeah. His like dog. When they have to pick a puppy. Yeah. Uh, the girl's like, <laughs> a pug, like, <laughs> kind of stupid dog, like, doesn't really do much. He's like, it's a bulldog, isn't it? Like, it will get bigger. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Shitty little <laughs> What did he? What did he name his pug again in the movie? Do you remember? Oh, I forget. I'd have to. I'd have to check. I'm not sure. Hold on. I'll see if I can find it. <laughs> okay. Do we have any honorable mentions? Because I've got a couple. Jack Bauer. <laughs> yeah, Jack Bauer, JB. <laughs> JB, I I mean, the thing about pugs for me is they really miss the category of the long snout. They got a short ass snout, so they're minus eight points at least right there. Yeah. But any dog can save my perception when they have a funny ass walk, and pugs have a funny ass walk. <laughs> Honestly, I encourage all of our listeners to go on YouTube. It's an eight second video you will not regret. Look up pug going upstairs, and it's like the second video. It's like. It doesn't even like run up the stairs, it, like hops. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, it's like spring loaded, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I feel you. Okay, yeah, I guess I'm kicking off the woats here. Worst okay, dogs of all time. Any honorable mentions? I have one that I really want to say. Yeah, go for it. Everyone just Google a chow chow. Oh, uh, super chow like chow not right. furry, but like puffy, right? Yeah. Chow chows, and they've got blue tongues. They're pretty sick. Blue, yeah. Why do they have blue tongues? No idea. Oh, like miniature, miniature greyhounds too. Those things are so funny looking. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got uh, a. Oh, oh well, this is so awkward, man. Sorry, buddy. I have a uh, Siberian Huskies. Nice. Because they're fun, and then any dog with like a Pomeranian mix into it is fucking hilarious. <laughs> just like tiny little dwarf dog just running around. <laughs> Dude, have you ever have you ever seen a? Uh, Oh, they're called Pomskis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Adorable. <laughs> so fucking funny. They're like little Swiffer wet jets just running yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're great. That's brilliant. Brilliant stuff. Uh, I got Border Collies on there, very similar to Aussie Shepherds. I really want to get a Border Collie. Yeah, they're really smart. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. I, I, dig, I dig the shaggy look. And then I, I also got, uh, did we mention Golden Retrievers at all? No, no, like the dog of that fuck. We kind of messed up. Like I should have, I should have just taken one for the team because that is the dog of all dogs. Well, I've got like, another one that's kind of up there that we didn't bring up. What's that? It just came to mind. Beagles. Beagles. Yeah, that's like I would say. Uh, that's Beagles up there. were bomb dogs, weren't they? If I'm right. 
bomb World War II? Yeah. Yeah. Like strap a bomb to them? No, no, no. <laughs> What's a bomb dog? It, they sniff out bombs. It's oh, like, okay. Like a drug dog. <laughs> it was beagles. Right. They don't. They don't <laughs> fucking release the beagles with a bunch of C four attached to them and be like, dude, finds the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a fucking Call of Duty game where they strapped the bombs to the dogs, dude. I, I don't have a bad memory. I remember that. Oh my god. Yeah, or, Call, oh. Call of Duty done fucked my my world up, dude. <laughs> Rap, you're looking it up. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. You know what's a really cute dog? Are Puggles, Pug and Beagle mix. Those are awesome. Puggles. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's pretty oh. damn cute. I gotta give you that one. <laughs> it's a short snout fucking cutie, isn't it? Damn it. There you um, go. Okay, I'm gonna kick it off. I'm kicking off the votes here. Hey. Uh first vote. Uh I'm I'm actually gonna start it out with literally the vote of all votes, separate category. If there's if hell is woat, it's below hell. It's in the crust of the earth somehow. Chihuahuas. Yeah. <laughs> Just get the fuck out with your rat ass looking dog throw that thing to the boa constrictor and let's just move on with our life <laughs> yeah like, fuck them there's this is, a, this is actually a very sad point to make but i need to make it to just prove a point when you go on to adopt a dog sites there's a reason they're all chihuahuas <laughs> like that's that's a fucking brutal point to make but there's a reason <laughs> what, what do they say in court <laughs> that's all your honor that's all. <laughs> I mean, all right. You. Okay. Uh, my my <laughs> next one, or my, guess my first one, is a Chinese crested dog. Oh, I saw that one. Look <laughs> it up. I, the, I hate it. The ugliest dog ever. Like, no thank you. No way in hell I'll own one of those. It looks like it's part of the hyena family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like even it doesn't look like it. It even doesn't like how it looks. Yeah. Okay. Um, my first one are any dogs with names that end with oodle. Holy shit, I have the exact same thing written down. <laughs> because <laughs> everyone's like, oh my god, pools are so smart. No, they're yappy little fucking shits that won't shut the hell up. You took yeah. a dog, you bred it with a breed that is unpopular, and then you're like, oh, well, maybe it's acceptable now. No, it's still got the poodle genes. It's still a shithead at heart. It's not smart. It's annoying. So... Yeah. Anything with oodles, like labradoodles and all that bullshit? No. Sorry. Champ. Next. Hate him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what's sad is one of our close friends had a labradoodle growing up, I'm pretty sure. I didn't hate that dog, but I fucking hate labradoodles, I'll tell you that much. Or even golden doodles, same thing. Fucking oodles. No. <laughs> Worst. Labradoodles can lick my oodle if they really want. There you go. <laughs> Probably would, too. <laughs> Uh, my next pick, what should I go with here? Oh, I could be kind of mean again. <laughs> should I go full mean with this one? <laughs> God damn. Um, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and say any dog that doesn't want to be friends. Like, I don't care. What, even if it's one of the goat breeds that we talked about, if it doesn't want to be friends, and I get it. Dogs have mental health issues too. They've been through shit. There are some exceptions. I will admit that. But for the most part, any dog that's just not interested in being friends, fuck you. Fair like that right thank yeah. you yeah i'll agree with yeah. you see like it's interesting about the the human perception of a dog 
right? Like when you go to a dog, you expect it to always be nice. And then when it's mean, you're like, oh, well, fuck you. Like you're an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, like, you have a problem with me. I have a problem with you. Yeah. Whereas like cats, it's like you go up to a cat and like hisses at you or runs away. You're like, okay, cool. Like whatever. I have to yeah. earn its trust. It's because dogs are morons and everyone has the perception that you can just like, like bribe them with food and they'll be nice to you. It's like, no, no, yeah, not all there. Uh, my next one. Sorry, Josh. I hate pugs. <laughs> yeah, I was going to throw not, Yorkies I, in the crust of, of the earth too. I yeah, mean, I mean you're not alone on that. So I 100. percent It's just like what is it? It's like they're so ugly that they're cute. Like that's my perception of them. Yeah, it's like what is it, like pugs, French bulldogs, like anything like that. It's just French it, bulldogs are fucking weird. They're weird. French, <laughs> yeah, but it's just like it's like for me they're both in the same kind of category of things that just look and sound. <laughs> funky and weird yeah <laughs> yeah okay um mine and this is a shout out to jordan uh his <laughs> scottish terrier fenway <laughs> specifically fenway <laughs> i was hoping for more of this i was hoping we'd throw actual dogs in the woats no yeah. like, this thing is annoying as fuck like this is what happens okay so fenway will i go over to jordan's house <laughs> fenway like first that was just a mistake and it's like, no I'm joking. I, I love you, Jordo. Um go over to his house, Fenway instantly just yapping out the door like a little shithead. And I Jordan and I, I don't know what we're doing. We're watching the game, we're on the couch, Fenway's beside me, and I'm petting him, which is fine. He's loving life. But I stop petting him and he starts fucking barking at me and growling. I go back to petting him and he shuts up. Like and on top of all that, his breath smells like something died in it. Like last, <laughs> it was so bad. And I go to Jordan. I'm like, dude, I'm like, is your dog like rotting from the inside out? Like, what is wrong with this thing? Like, it's so fucked. And it's yeah. just like, an, ugh. I, I just, I don't like it. And the only thing, the only reason why I like it is because it's named Fenway, which is yeah. actually kind of nice. I like the name. Dope name. Yeah. And you know what? The the way that his mouth smells, honestly, is probably how those people smell when they shower at night. If you ask me, smells <laughs> <laughs> like a dog's mouth out there, people. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, my last pick, I'm going to go ahead and say Bijons. Uh, any kind of, they're basically like a little white snowball looking dog. Oh, Fucking yeah. hate them. Fuck. They're usually yappy, a little bit, a little bit stuck up. Just, I got to, I got I pretty much have a big grudge against almost all small dogs. And this just epitomizes all, this epitomizes most small dogs. So, so fuck fair. Fair. Uh, my last one's a combination of the Maltese and the Shih Tzu. Can't do yeah. either. Just can't, can't so do it. Same right. thing. Oh, never mind. Smaller dog. Really annoying. Yeah. Way to knock down two birds with one stone there. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're, they're again, same category. <laughs> yeah. There's a trend here, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Josh? My last one. So I'm going to say my last one, and I'll wrap it up with a story with this breed about my dad. So <clears throat> Pomeranians, hate them. So anyway, so my, my dad, like, he does not allow, like, pets, like, in his house. Does not allow them. Yeah. So... One of his friends had a Pomeranian. Uh, her name was, or I think it was he. I don't know. The, the dog's name was Lego, like after like the toy, like Lego. And she's like, well, can't Lego come in? My dad's like, no. 
And, and like, he was throwing like a house party. Like there was like 15, 20 people there. This was two years ago. Yeah. And she's like, well, like, it's like, it's like, it's a dog. Like, it's fine. And my dad's like, no, like, it's not fine. Like, I don't want that yappy little thing in my house and just like <laughs> messing up my hardwood floor. I was dying. Like, he's telling me this story and I can't, <laughs> I'm crying laughing. Cause like, I can already see like my dad just like looking at dogs and like, he just, he does not like them. Like we had a black pug. He's like, this thing is adorable, but he's like, it shits on my lawn. I hate it so much. <laughs> like my dad, my dad has always lived between like neighbors that have had dogs and they shit on my dad. <laughs> <laughs> they just go out of their way to go crap on his lawn. Yeah. Because it's Dude, so nice. <laughs> your, dad, your dad is one of those people that he has like all the custom yard signs made. He's like, get your fucking dog off my grass and like, yeah. all those yeah. guys <laughs> yeah exactly it's like the, the somewhat fake sign that says uh like trespassers are shot on premise kind of thing and it's like yeah. go fuck your dog away from there yeah have you ever have you ever thought about pranking your dad you know i've always like me and my sister actually still think that my dad actually likes dogs like i actually think he does um i think he had one when he was a kid and like it died and like I think he had became like bitter towards dogs like like he yeah. was only gonna have one dog in his life and that was gonna be it um but he hates cats like he fucking like <laughs> he will never dusty? have a cat in his life he, he didn't mind dusty but like when we first got him like picture like a cute little gray kitten and my mom picks me and my sister up from my dad's house. My mom lets Dusty onto my dad's lawn of all places. <laughs> it's, like this, it's like this little gray furball. And he's adorable. He's not doing anything. And my dad's like, what's that thing on my lawn? <laughs> and, my mom, and, and Michelle, sure as shit. She's like, it's a goddamn cat, Ron. Like, what do you think it is? Like, I just got it. Like, relax. <laughs> I was dying. Uh, so had to be Michelle. Had to be Michelle. Music. Fuck yeah. Well, that was goats and moats of dogs, guys. I'm hoping we get a lot of feedback on this one. <laughs> I think we might have ruffled some feathers, but that's all right. That's the point of goats and moats is to embrace debate a little bit, right? So yeah. that's episode 17, everyone. Once again, thanks to Mr. Rintoul. Uh, thanks to you guys for just constantly showing up. And uh, to the listeners as well, thanks for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, like I said at the be- at the end of every episode, Josh said at the beginning, go to DraftKings.com, promo code THPN. I won $300 today. U.S. dollars. I might be a psychopath and put it all in GameStop. Probably not. But <laughs> either way, tons of tons of money to be made out there. It's a great app. I did I did the uh, the free Super Bowl prediction like Josh was doing too. Josh, have you, have you looked at it? I have not. It's actually crazy. Uh, Raph, you should do this too. It's it's because it's all, I think they ask you about 10 to 12 questions and they're all situational. They're like, will there be a 20 plus yard uh, catch? I think it is in the fourth quarter. And you just answer yes or no. And you basically go through like 12, I think it's 12 of these, maybe fit, it might be more than 12. And you answer all these weird questions. And I think if you get them all right, you got a chance at a lot of money and it's free to enter. So huge that. yeah. Love Anyways, we'll see you guys on Monday. We got another banger of an interview to throw on that one. So we'll see you guys then. Oh, harder, baby.